I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You're the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. I'm Randy Robinson. Today is Thursday, and Monday and Tuesday, I spent going back and forth to the auto mechanics shop because my wife's minivan, she loves her minivan still, um, had some issues that really needed to be addressed. Uh, she was going to be taking a short road trip on, on Wednesday, and I just didn't want to put her on the road knowing mm, it was an axle issue. So, yeah, you don't want the wheel falling off, right? Guys get this. You got to take care. You wouldn't you wouldn't drive your vehicle and never have you know look under the hood. Never check up on it. Never take care of things that need to be taken care of because things it's just this is the way it is. You know, scientists call it entropy. Things break down uh, if you don't tend to them. And if you tend to them, boy, you keep them running. I'm, both my vehicles we're over a hundred thousand miles. You know, so this is this is this is something that we get. But unfortunately, a lot of guys, especially. Don't get that when it comes to your marriage. You know, we're, we're sort of that, 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 the hunter killer. You know, we, we go after the woman, we walk her down the aisle, mission accomplished. No, 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 fellas. That's not the end. That's the beginning. It requires maintenance and looking under the hood uh, and, and doing some things. So we're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and to do that, um, I mean, I could tell you what not to do. But I'd rather have an expert on here that can tell us what to do. And so I have a gentleman who has a book out now called The Responsive Marriage. It's written by Dr. Donald Welch, and he is a licensed marriage uh, and family therapist, uh, amongst other things. So he, he's the mechanic here, right? He knows what he's doing. He knows what to look for, and he can tell you how to keep your marriage running smoothly for the rest of your life. So appreciate you guys being here. Um, ladies, I know that you're a little more in tune to this than men tend to be generally. Uh, so we appreciate you guys watching. Hopefully this will be something where you can go, okay, I can check that box doing good there. And oh, you know what? Maybe I need to check on that and it'll just make things smoother for you. So this is a positive discussion today. Dr. Don, great to have you on Life Today Live. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Randy. So good to be here. And yes, that idea of entropy, it's very fascinating. Everything moving toward destruction. And <laughs> we know about those little lights that come on or we check our oil or so do women. But that's such an important piece. We almost learn a new language when we marry just by virtue of the way our brains function very differently from a female who goes between the two hemispheres and feels it and thinks it, we are just kind of thinking it and wondering where the feelings are. In fact, most men avoid someone like me, a therapist. They go, oh, no, he's just going to want to know my feelings. <laughs> and I don't know. Other than I can tell you I'm angry or I'm shut down, I can tell you that. Just like all the movies in Hollywood, they're made for men. You know, the ones where they steal your kids, your wife, uh, you know, the guy that he has his wife and family, everything's great. And then mm -hmm. someone comes in and steals them and they spend the rest of the movie rest of the movie going after that guy we're going to get that guy and and get my family back and we can get in touch with that kind of anger i think as men so, oh so just because i've watched too many movies how often do you <laughs> actually ask a man in a therapy session how does that make you feel <laughs> is that a real question i actually uh 
we actually try to divide it, it is it's actually a question but i ask it in a different way because most couples that are having trouble they are they're finding it difficult to know what they perceive and to know what they feel mm. and oftentimes men feel things just as women do we just don't feel it as in-depthly depending upon the subject so the way i ask that is i will say listen to this statement the statement is uh and it's not correct. This is not a correct statement. It's not a feeling statement. But most people will say, well, I just feel like you don't love me. Yeah. Well, that's not a feeling. The way to describe it, and then I'll get to your question, Randy, that you just asked, is to say, when I perceive you not listening to me, that perception, I experience you not listening to me, and I feel afraid, scared, and cornered. Those are the feelings. Mm. So if a couple can adapt both thought and feeling or feelings, they're on the road to really developing empathy, which is what Christ did for all of us when he laid down his life for, for us. That's the great kenosis passage where we, send, we sing songs and hymns and in, in church about that he pours out his life for us. So for, for the men, as I'm a man and my wife, is as we have a, a wonderful relationship that oftentimes I'm to be the one to initiate as Ephesians 5 tells that I would I would reach out and love my wife and also share a feeling yeah. so it's it's difficult for us as as men to really know where those feelings are but they're in there and they're important particularly uh, to women you don't you don't see men you don't see men walking up to another man and say oh hey I, I like uh, I like your earrings or I like your hair. <laughs> right, right. I'd say, hey, a nice, nice haircut. But we don't oftentimes show those feelings as do women. And so it's important to know feelings. You know, I'm not going to beat this analogy to death, hopefully. But my wife asked me to bring her vehicle in on Monday just to get the oil changed because she was at, at that mileage. But while I was driving it, I felt something was off. Uh, in, in, mm. the, in the wheels, I could feel it in the way the, the vehicle, the sound it was making, but also in the, in the wheel, right? Because I had my hands on the wheel. <laughs> yes. Sometimes we take our hands off the wheel in a marriage, <laughs> and, you know, but I, it was the feeling that made me go, okay. And I thought about it and I thought, mm. so I asked them to check the, the brake pads and, and that's when they found the axle was off. And so, yeah, oh. I mean, I think we get this, but we don't always apply it in marriage. Yes, it's difficult to apply emotion because it actually creates a feeling of vulnerability. Mm. And we as men try to avoid anything that's vulnerable because we were created by God to be warriors. There's hundreds of books written on this. And that is to reach out, protect our family, lead, take the flag, and we're going to take this mountain. And we were meant to, to do that and not feel vulnerable. That's why even the brain structure is different for a male and female particularly in gestation, when the male's brain is flooded with uh, testosterone, mm -hmm. whereas the female brain, which is about two weeks later than if you if you line them both up together, the, the brains that it's about two, two weeks later that you have a female with estrogen, even though we all have estrogen and testosterone in us. But for a male, it actually keeps, doesn't dumb us down but it keeps us focused on holding the flag. You know, there's hundreds of books written on that as well about the man going into his cave. Well, he doesn't necessarily want to be vulnerable. So we're made to be leaders. 
not that women are not, but right, right. For men, we. So, okay, you keep saying things that bring up an interesting point because right now the world is telling us that men can be women and women can be men, or that women's roles are equal to men's, and the best way for a woman to assert her femininity is to act like a man. I mean, we're getting all sorts of, I think, sometimes flat out crazy ideas coming out of the culture and, and I get it. it's not a godly worldview at all uh, is that creating issues um, not just a well it, is that creating any issues that you're seeing uh, yes it's <laughs> actually creating a lot of issues for about 30 years at the university as a professor I've had to teach women's studies and it really the studies do help us to understand that we need to uplift uh, women and care for them and protect them. Mm. However, we're in an age now that it's a little bit overboard and <laughs> trying to degenerize people when they're very, very different. I don't know about you. We were talking about your children and a little bit about mine as well before, but I remember our daughter and son, our our daughter never took a piece of wood and tried to make a, a, a gun out of it <laughs> or a sword out of it. Yeah. But our, our son did very early on. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus himself was the one that highly uplifted women, but he created them uniquely, male and female. So the Bible's very clear on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I just, and we get into stupid things if we go against that. But okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to dwell on that too much. I think most of our audience, they, they get that. Um, and we don't need to be afraid to say it because if you don't, they just start cornering you. Let me, let me ask you about the title of, of the book, The Responsive Marriage, because I, I read that, and even the subtitle, Finding the Path Out of Reactivity. Uh, I, I got to admit, I, I don't know what a responsive marriage is or why I need it. So it, help us understand sort of the framework of, of the book and what you're talking about. Well, yes, I was noticing, Randy, a common characteristic in couples I was counseling who were struggling with communication in marriage. And then I began to notice it even more and more as time went on. One or both were reacting to the other involuntarily and without initial consciousness. Let me let me describe that if I may. Kind of rolling the eyes, sighing and exasperation, quickly escalating all signs of reactivity. Only after the reaction occurred was the individual aware of it. Hmm. And there are ample research about this in both science and the Bible. I, I think of uh, I think of Philippians. Uh, four, which really talks about this this idea of um, um, being anxious for nothing, and actually, the scripture says, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. Notice this with, in this with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, and here it is, will guard your hearts. And your minds in Christ Jesus. We know Paul was in Philippi um, in prison as he was encouraging the people at Philippi. And he was very carefully following God's word. That is the true word and infallible, you know, immutable. It, it's, it's the plenary word of God. And that what we find is that God himself said that he will guard our hearts first and minds. And now there's lots of information if you were to take a psych 101 or 100 uh, introduction class that i taught for years there's a Mm -hmm. whole section on perception usually 
there's usually 16 chapters for 16 weeks in a semester, but they always talk about William James, who's the pioneer of what we now know as the psychological movement. And he believed back then in 1898 that we actually feel something and then we know what it is. So I cry, therefore I realize I'm sad. I laugh, therefore I realize I'm happy. That's one of two theories that are still present today. So what happens is we react to each other. And in a marriage, we see very carefully, you know, 65 to 85% of all communication is nonverbal. So our, our spouse is seeing a lot of who we are, you know, the Jahari window, you may have seen that in business. There's one, one of the four quadrants where we, we don't know, but others know Hmm. about something. Hmm. I had, I grew up in California. So I, my, I got a lot of sun. I'm still here in California, but one of my students, I was in, in the Midwest, one of my students, uh, I asked, what do you notice about me? We were studying the Jahari window, the what, the four quadrants. Mm-hmm. It's it's in all business literature. And what do you notice about me that I do that I don't notice? And one person raised a hand and said, Prof, when you're talking, you lick your lips a lot. And I paused and I said, oh, my. I just realized I don't do that. I didn't notice I was doing that. However, I grew up in Southern California. By the time I was a high school senior, my lip was it would it was bleeding and it, it wouldn't heal and so they had to freeze a part of it and i think what happened is i don't have enough, enough moisture but you notice it i don't notice it huh. in marriage our mate reacts to our reactivity and we have hundreds of them rolling our eyes sighing sometimes giggling uh, turning away putting our hands yeah. and reacting to each other and one of the important biological issues it's in all textbooks they'll show like a candle lit and then they'll have a finger of a, a person over the candle where it's warm. And then it will show all of the biological, neurological structure to the brain. You know, how they make it half, uh, you have half of your uh, skin and then in half you're seeing the biological. They'll show the fact that if we have something that's hot, like if you don't do it, but you put your hand on a stove, your hand will reflex before your brain knows it's hot. Uh-huh. Now, most people would say, no, no, true. So then I'll ask my students, Randy, I'll ask them, okay, if you meet someone for the very first time and you've never met them before, how long does it take you? This is talking about reactivity. How long does it take you to realize if they're a safe person or not safe person? There's a pause. The students will begin to think about, and one will raise a hand. I have had this happen many times. Hey, prof, I think in five minutes, I'll be aware. Someone else will raise their hand. No, 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 no. I can do that in a minute. And then ultimately, there's a person who would say, Prof, I immediately know. Mm-hmm. A woman? That even, <laughs> even though they may not really, but they, they have a sense. Is it, wi- me, is it women that know quicker? Because my wife will know a lot quicker than me. Yes. Haven't you learned as I've learned? And that is I trust my wife's intuition. Right. She's actually listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Is what she says, I think this is what's going on. I stop because I know I miss so much. And that's part of how the the bilateral brain females go between the two hemispheres you know the feeling port port part and then the thought part much more rapidly than we do Mm. i i I still we 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 feel things in a very different way than women do however however men do have feelings sure sure okay this is all very interesting what i hear you suggesting is that paul was tapping into this idea of thoughts and feelings and hearts and minds way earlier than any psychologist, right? 
Oh, absolutely. We in the science world, we think we're real cute when we discover something, when actually it's likely in the Bible. Right. We just haven't referred back to where it originated. Or we, or we finally <laughs> so, understood what he meant. I, I do, man, I love it because in all branches of science, it's so funny. You go, oh, science is proven, and you go, okay. Well, it's it's already there. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I mean, I, that's why I, I'm, I find science, and whether it's, you know, the field that you're in or really others, it, to me it's like, we're unpacking God's creation and finally beginning to understand yeah. it. Sometimes they're wrong and you got to just not put all your faith in science. But anyway, I love that. Okay. So how do, how do we not, how do we tell our brains that the stove is hot before our hand moves, which is to say, how do I not send out those nonverbals if I'm not even aware of them or if they occur before I'm even able to process it and think about it? Yes, that is that is the question, and it's still being sought after, that question you just asked. It's a remarkable question. Through science, the Bible teaches us think on these things. Mm. In fact, that's what uh, Paul was writing to in the Philippian, the Philippian church, uh, as uh, the Philippine church as well. Um, one way we do this, if I can illustrate it this way, Randy, I've worked with probably hundreds of men who have anger problems mm. in my practice over the years. And what I ask is, I'll ask this question, which pertains to your question, I believe. I'll ask, when are you aware that you're angry? Many a man will say something like this, maybe not always exactly. They'll say, well, you mean, Doc, when I pull my fist out of the drywall or someone's face? Is that what you mean? Right. Of course, and I say, well, hopefully my eyes don't get as big as they are right now. But that I would, I would ask them, well, let's start there. Would you be willing to start there? And we back up from that. So what we work on, this may sound very elementary, but we back up from the moment in which the person has a reaction and we practice other behaviors. Like, for example, okay, you were talking to this person and you actually punched them. So let's back up from there. When were you aware that your body was speaking to you? This this brings in a lot of somatic medicine, which is, uh, there's lots of literature about that, being aware of our own bodily reaction. And the person said, oh, first, and this is very common, I found myself high chest breathing. Yeah. Have you ever you know, known of someone that's uh, hyperventilating? Uh-huh. They're usually, <laughs> they're, they're, they're not breathing out, they're breathing in too. And so they become, the limbic system is, is too high geared at that moment. And so they'll notice that, that they're tight here in their chest or their fist may come into play or their chest goes out as if to say, hey, I'm in charge. Mm. Or their calves, that's pretty common where their calves get tight because sometimes that flight or freeze, the person's ready to run, Mm. which in this case, he run, but he punched the person. Mm. So we begin to be aware, we back up from that and begin to do repairs for the next situation. And this is where I find many couples do not do this well, um, is to do the repair, just like you were talking about, I think you said your vehicle has 100,000 miles. Oh yeah. Well, and you yeah, our old van, we still run it. It's 248,000 I think the last time I saw <laughs> we we tried to take care of it. But then we begin to brag about that, don't we? Right, yeah, right, right. No, uh, yeah, I'm totally proud of it, right? <laughs> I'm totally proud of my vehicle, all right? You know that. So part of that is becoming aware of it, and that's what we're trying to do in this book is to help a a couple become aware. And so what I found years ago is I thought, wouldn't it be nice to have uh, an assessment that measured your normal temperament, 
like are you more extroverted or introverted usually a couple that's married it's called complementarity in the mental health field mm -hmm. where you're opposite in that temperament one is more introverted they need to go inward to think it through and then talk and then the other is more extroverted right. and talk and then they know what they think and they're attracted to each other because god made us to be attracted to the opposite mm. which is what we're talking about so it's learning how to do a repair in that rather than trying to make the person more like myself that's interesting okay um the side note is you know it's great to brag about uh, 100, 200,000 miles in your car. You don't want to brag about that on your marriage. Like my wife's got two, over 200,000 miles. That's not a good thing. Um, so I don't <laughs> no, recommend that. that. Um, I've but, never done that. I'm just away from that. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. Yeah. Trust me, don't try that one. Um, so uh, I I am one. So you talk about this anger, and which is, goes to the, the feeling something and then realizing what you're feeling and learning to catch it earlier, which I find fascinating. Um, I've never punched, I mean, you know, junior high but as an adult i've never punched someone else right um i have punched I, a few, I have punched a few walls if i am honest with you and it's not because yeah. i'm mad at somebody with me it's like i can't get that drill bit to stay in the screw to get it in the wall to put that shelf up i get frustrated it's a frustration with things and i I'd, and you know here's the thing you know if i punch a hole in that wall i'm gonna have to fix it <laughs> it's like i'm just creating more problems for myself but Right. What I've, you know, it's, it's like something, I, I mean, I've, I've just gone to prayer in this. Unfortunately, I'm old enough that I don't deal with this a whole lot, but I feel it come up every once in a while. Um, but you know, you, you react, you break something, uh, out of frustration and then it hits you. It's like, I just made a bigger mess and I've solved nothing. And you know, and, and it's like, why, why do we do this? I'm like, Paul, why do I do this thing? I don't want to do, you know? Um, yes. yes. And it's, I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it in the way you're articulating it, but you know, I still, I like to fix things. I, I've out of necessity have had to learn how to fix just about everything, you know, around the house. Uh, and, and now it's to the point where I'm like, eh, I can do that. I don't want to pay somebody. Right. Um, and, and, but you get these, you get the, these frustrations. I, I, I don't, I haven't articulated it, but I have learned that I can, I can feel when it's rising up in my body and instead of yes. trying to power through it, which gets me to the point where I literally will lose control and throw something or hit something or break something back yeah. off, take a few deep breaths, maybe just go get a drink of water or whatever, take a break. And then I can come back and it's like, have my mind. And I've, what I tell myself when I get into these, cause I, I still do mm -hmm. is go get your mind right. Cause I know if I'm in there with a the wrong mindset, I'm going to, I'm going to react and make my situation worse. Um, yeah. How? Well, okay. I mean, where were you 30 years ago? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. So how well, do I we, wanna, I want to, yeah, I want to apply this in my please. relationships, obviously. Okay. Well, well, first of all, I need to invite you. I know it's in a different city, but to come over and do some repairs at our home, <laughs> because I'm one of the, in warriors i think i can do it and then i mess it up and then i have to come have someone pay them to come and fix my problem yes. the original problem yeah so, but what you just described about particularly men is true of all of us if okay. we were honest okay and so what what that is is your limpic limpic system has gone too too high mm -hmm. and it's sent cortisol levels and other neurotransmitters rushing through your body 
to, to somehow resolve it, and the body cannot stand that much pressure, and we have to have some form of a release. So in the book, Randy, we try to describe ways, have specific ways how to do this. Now, if I may say it this way, it's difficult, if not possible, to go through life without any emotional trauma. So I like to suggest this about trauma, that certainly some people experience a much higher intensity and quantity of it uh, than others. But we all have experienced some level of it by the time we enter marriage. Mm. So we want to we want to background this with this thought. So unresolved emotional trauma causes wounds in our soul that make us more susceptible to being triggered when we are in conflict, say, with our spouse. But you were talking about doing a project that has gone awry for mm. that moment. But when anxiety quickly escalates, certain aspects of the interaction can mimic the patterns we saw with the original trauma, and we react often without conscious awareness. Yeah. So over and over again, I have worked with patients who their temperament, the, the assessment temperament that we've developed, results indicate high reactivity in certain areas and there's almost always a direct correlation with past emotional trauma now it doesn't mean that you've had a, a major major trauma it could be you're in the on the play yard as, as a child or i am hmm. and as i'm there i go up to my friends to talk with them and all three of them my friends there they turn and walk away from me and i'm so young that i think there must be something wrong with me for them to do that yeah. And it traumatizes me. And then that gets reacted. If I'm not doing something well, I can regress. It's called regression. It's a defense mechanism where we go back to an earlier experience as though we are there, even though you're an adult working on a project. Yeah. Yeah. That's, boy, that's interesting. I am learning as Larry is learning right now from this explanation of, of our reactions. Um, I... Hmm. This is not something I think, I mean, right now you're, I think you're kind of scratching the surface to a little bit as much as you can. Um, because I, I think that anyone that wants to improve in this area, myself included, is going to, uh, need to do a little more work. Um, I'll, I'll show people your website just to give them a place to go. This is welchtherapyinstitute.com and of course the book The Responsive Marriage is available where you pick up books so that's probably a good thing but if someone's like man okay you're you're talking to me and I want to be better at this um, mm. what what would the next steps be obviously the book is going to be a, a good handbook and a guide but I mean mm -hmm. is that is that is that pretty comprehensive or is that just a small step on, on a longer path it's likely the latter. It's okay. likely a longer, longer process because even a marriage is a journey. Yeah. It's not a destination. I talk about that in the book, Randy. I would suggest that the book includes a, lots of tools and concepts to help an individual and a couple deepen their self-awareness and awareness of the other. But I, I do talk about specific obstacles, obstacles that keep us from experiencing intimacy and how to overcome them. But um, for example, the, the reader will learn about attachment tendencies and injuries, progressive growth phases of life, family of origin issues, emotional trauma, gender differences, temperaments differences, and much, much more. But I'm, I'm careful to point out that awareness by itself will not produce lasting change. Mm. The husband and wife, this, I think this is more answering or responding to your question. Mm -hmm. The husband and wife also need training and practical ways to manage their reactivity and nurture their relationship. 
And we all need the restorative excuse me, power of Jesus to heal our broken hearts and bind up our wounds. So when we combine awareness, restoration, and training, we have all the ingredients needed to build and sustain a thriving and fulfilling marriage. I mean, we may need to go into therapy, mm. like work with someone like myself that can help you individually work on it. But it's a good point. The book is not a cure-all by you know, yeah. no means, yeah. but it is a step in the right direction. I, in fact, for men, the last chapter, I include that for men. So it, it's really focused on men and how we can work on this as well in our marriages. And not be fearful of a therapist where you think all they're going to want is to know how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> so the last chapter is short words, not big words, right? For the, for men, right? <laughs> thank, thank, thank you. Not, we need shorter words. <laughs> right. Okay. Sing. But yeah. but seriously, so I, I will. Here's 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 what I hear you saying in in my lingo, right? Uh, recently, because I do this on this, I have weekend projects pretty much every weekend. Uh, and one of them was a, a storage cabinet uh, in a little storage room for my wife to put toys for our grandson. I swear we have more toys for one grandchild than we did for four children, but that's another issue. And so we need a storage shelf. And I have learned, even though I've put these things together before, I put the one, two of them right next to it together. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I get that book out and I read it. I set my parts out aside so I know what parts are what. And I read the whole thing, even though I've done this before, because it makes the process a lot smoother. You still have to go through the process, but getting that, that just that refresher in, in my case, or if it's something I've never done before, God knows I'm reading that book I'm in four languages, apparently, because that's what they give it to me in. Um, but this is a good, this is a good book for you to walk into the work that you're going to have to do in order to put that marriage together, sometimes back together, maybe. Uh, but to make it strong, right? I want my storage shelf. I anchored that sucker to the wall so a grandkid can't try to climb up and get a toy and kill themselves with a storage shed because it's a big, heavy one. So we got to anchor, you know, our, our marriages. We need to do the, the tune-up, right? I think guys will get that. Ladies, you know this already. Um, and we can do this. What's the payoff? Here's, here's what guys need to know especially. But I think, I mean, women want to know it too. For those that go through this process, Dr. Welch, what is the mm -hmm. payoff? Mm -hmm. The payoff really is that you will have a bit of heaven on earth mm. or increased heaven on earth mm. with your, your wife. You know, the only thing I, way I can explain in this is Romans 4, 17 as giving life to the dead and calling things into existence that do not exist mm. and will increase our marriages. I have seen this with many, many people people is there anybody who is beyond repair um i hope not because mm -hmm. when i think about it as the eternal optimist and he's the only one only one on this planet and the universe who has the capability of fulfilling his optimism and he's optimistic about each and every one of us because he made us in his image so i'm optimistic there are situations where uh, the, the pain is so great that the person defends themselves against making changes. So that's always uh, a very, very sad yeah, yeah. Uh, observation. Yeah, and, and, and it is a two-part, you know, it's two parties involved here when you're talking about a marriage. But I also know, oh, man, I have done some interviews with some people with the ego. That marriage should never survive. And not only does it survive, but when they go through a lot of what you're talking about right now, um, 
it thrives and it does become heaven on earth even when it was hell on earth prior to that so i see tons of hope and i appreciate i appreciate your insight because this is very specific and and doable uh this is this is really good um i'm i i feel good right now thank you for that (laughs) yeah well let's thank god for that because any any truths that came out in this broadcast would be actually god's the holy spirit bringing warmth and empathy and care so i'm glad to hear that because we want to follow and submit to god that's the biggest piece and we men have the hardest time doing that because we want to lead we want to take the flag tell everybody what to do Mm. my wife constantly would say growing our kids growing up hey don dad please please take your therapy hat off you don't need to lecture you're not the professor here (laughs) and i don't know how well i learned that and i may not have fully but <laughs> yeah. well, I, you know i can think of worse things than to have a therapist as a dad i'm just saying <laughs> not, not a bad not a bad well, kick so you understand a lot more than most men so really good all right again thank you uh dr donald welch he's the author um therapist and if you're wanting a little tune-up in your marriage or maybe you got to salvage what you can good place to start the responsive marriage thank you dr don Thank you, sir. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate all you guys out there watching. If you know somebody that might benefit from this, hit that share button. If you haven't liked or followed or subscribed, I would always invite you to do that so you get notifications of more interviews that will hopefully encourage and instruct and help you. Responsive Marriage is available wherever you get books. I want to pick it up today. See you again next time here on Life Today Live. <laughs>